Do you schedule and host events in the Jewish community? Conferences, webinars, local events? Please consider adding your events to Jcast Network's newest project, the Jewish Communal Events Calendar. Don't schedule events, but know someone who does? Invite them to add their events. If we all work together, we can create another wonderful resource for the Jewish community. Visit our calendar and post your events at jcastnetwork.org slash jcec. You are listening to A Taste of Romumu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romumu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. A couple of interesting things that I want to share with you. Let me first admit that I'm a Balchuva. Balchuva meaning I'm kind of a recently returned to something, not Judaism. In high school, when I should have been listening to Bruce Springsteen, I wasn't. I don't know what I was doing. I must have been into the girls or sports or both or something. And I just missed the whole boat. In the last couple of years, I've, for those of you who are familiar, know that it began with an article I read, which is almost always the way to my musical ear. It was an article about the depth of, of Bruce Springsteen's lyrics. And then before I knew it, I was hooked. And um, this past Monday, I had a religious experience. I went to my first Bruce concert. Now, now here, here's the thing about it. Even if you're a recently returned Bruce fan, and you, can, you know, let's say, 10 songs by heart, you know, you still wind up feeling like I imagine half of you who come to Rome and who feel like, which is like everybody knows the words but you. So they're all like, you know, and you're just trying to look like you know what you're saying. Like you're looking at the other person going, oh, no, no, river, yeah, the river, and you're just like, you know, mumbling and, and just trying to make yourself look like you're, because you, you want to be one of them, because they all know all the lyrics from every album and, the, and all the bootlegged albums, everything. But what, what I really experienced was something that I often experience here at Romamu, which is the power of song and the power of community that gathers to sing in a, in a very devotional way, to sing and to raise their voices and to be swept up by that. And this Shabbat, this Shabbat, this morning, and then in theory, the last day of Passover is you know, we think of Passover as if we finally got out on Passover night. Like we recline like free men and women. We drink four cups of wine like royalty. But if we were to fully enact, right, there's a mitzvah of there's a commandment to, in a very deep shamanistic way to relive the exodus from Egypt. And if we do that on Passover evening, it's interesting because we're really not free Passover evening. The reenactment is actually just the leaving of the doorposts of our home and being willing to take a step over that, that obstacle that was the doorpost, which was the slaughtering of the lamb. And then for six days, we were on the run. And according to tradition, Pharaoh's armies caught up with us this morning. And so every seventh day of every Passover of your life, 
Not only are you enjoined and invited to remember as if you left Egypt on the first night, but to feel what it feels like on the seventh day to have Pharaoh behind you and to have something in front of you. You thought it was over. It's like, you know, the Terminator. You thought it was over. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Right? You thought it was over. You left. You're out. And it's like, oh man, they're coming. And then we stand at the Yam, we're standing at the Reed Sea, and before we can burst out in that powerful moment of song, the Torah tells us that the Israelites saw. They saw this amazing sights, the things that had been done by Yosha, Donai, by Yomahu, et Israel, Miyad Mitzrayim. Vayar Yisrael et Mitzrayim meit al Svatayam. They go through, they're terrified that great Nachshon ben Aminadav, that great leader, stepped into the abyss, very much like passing over another mezuzah, right? another doorpost. He jumped in and it opened. And there they are at the other side. Everything has transpired. There is relief. We've made it. And the people believed in God. They saw all the things that had happened. Like my son Tal this morning who came in and said, Abba, you know what it means when the, the, the sea split, Abba? It means Pharaoh thought he was stronger than God and God was stronger than Pharaoh. They saw that there was something more powerful than those forces that had Right, that had allied themselves, that had laid themselves, that had been, we're too strong. The pharaohs come down. The principle of love overcomes. And then the Torah says, they believed in God. And in Moshe Avdo, and in Moshe his servant, Avdo. Avdo, the Hebrew word, Eved. To be a servant. Moshe is known in the Torah as Eved Adonai, Eved, everywhere, wherever you see Moses' name, you see the term Eved. It's amazing. The only one who wasn't a slave in the Torah, who never tasted Avdut, becomes the Eved, becomes the slave, becomes the servant. And two weeks ago, we talked about, we talked about the power of that phrase, Eved, to be a servant. The moment before the song of the sea, the moment before boss gets up and sings the river. We have another boss who's called, not boss, but Eved, servant. And that phrase was a phrase that we looked at, Shabbat Gadol, is it a good phrase or is it not? Many people had a problem with that term. To be called an Eved Hashem, to be a servant of God, felt to them as something very demeaning. What does it mean that I am submitting myself as an Eved? They didn't want the term to be univocally used for slavery and for servant of God or someone who is in God's service. And yet the Torah makes it a point before telling us about the splitting of the Red after telling us about the splitting of the Red Sea, but before we broke out in song to let us know that there was a guy named Moshe who wasn't just a leader, but he was an Eved. An Eved. People who are called Avadim 
the Jews who are called Avadim, are led by someone who is known as an Eved Hashem. The Avadim are led by the Eved. And why is that a prerequisite for breaking out in song? In the next moment. By the way, it's the first time Moshe is called an Eved, right here before he begins to sing. So I want to share something that Rebzalman, that I read in Rebzalman this week. And it blew my mind. Because I had been thinking when we gave that talk about moving from freedom, I'm sorry, servitude as a servant of Pharaoh to being a servant of God, as a movement from freedom from slavery to freedom towards the great frame of Isaiah Berlin who said that we can be free from something, but until we're free to something, free for something, we're not yet complete. And that's the meaning behind these 49 days of moving up to Shavuot. We're free from Pharaoh, but we're not yet free for Torah, for service, for love, for, for what the world is supposed to be. But so people said, no, I don't like that term. Let's figure out another term. And I said, but maybe Evid means to be deployed. Deployment. And Evid Hashem is someone who is deployed for love. To be an Evid means that you have been conscripted into the army of those in the world who are doing good. And that that conscription is something very deeply empowering. I recently returned from a trip to Israel where I was uh, with a group of young Jewish leaders from across the country. And inevitably we wound up on an army base somewhere doing like um, folk dancing, which is usually the thing you do, Israeli folk dance on an army base. (laughs) And it really hit me so strongly because the amount of respect that they had for the leaders, for the soldiers, and for the, the, the officers was so profound. They were, they were, it was as if every word was precious, as if they were learning from a great Torah sage. And I thought about it the entire trip. I wondered, of course, on a simple level, American Jews, all of us, are to some degree very taken by the existential threat that Israel faces. To some extent, all of us as American Jews are very taken by the notion that someone's life might be at risk. It's all very true. But what really got to me about what was so profoundly sacred about these soldiers was that American Jews, by and large, often don't feel deployed. We don't feel as if someone has our number. And if we're not there and we don't show up, we're AWOL. They're going to come looking for us. We don't feel as if our lives are at stake in the existential realities of America. And for American Jews to sit with 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, Russian Jews, some not even Jewish, and to be in their presence is to be in the presence of someone who is a soldier for something greater than themselves. And that's something that is so sorely lacking in my experience here in America. So often, we don't feel deployed. A friend of mine was sitting next to a soldier and an 18-year-old kid finishing his tironut, his three months of, of service, and he said to him, do you ever feel like you want to quit? And the, and the soldier was like, are you, are, you, are you kidding? He said, every day I want to quit. Every single day. And so then I interrupted, I said, tell me, how do you get through? And so he turned to his friend, he said, these guys, Without these guys, I don't get through. 
Without these guys, I don't make it because it's so long, it's so hard, it's so tough. And even though I have this big, right, I feel so called and so deployed, if I don't have their support, I don't make it. To be an Eved Hashem, to be Moshe Avdo, is to be deployed for God, for love. You can define God any way you want. Hopefully, it's something complex, loving, compassionate, and good. No, seriously, because you can define, like, you know, Eved soul cycle, and Eved, you know, my career, and Eved, right? Hopefully, you'll define it in a broad, uh, in a way that is, that honors the depth of that commitment. So here's Reb Zalman's Torah on Eved, on deployment. He said, Eved also shares another, another image. The image is that of Leather skins. Leather skins, and I could see the faces going, hmm, where's he going now? <laughs> leather skins in Hebrew, when you work leather skins from rawhide to something soft, is called ibud. La'avod et ha'or. Orot me'ubadim are skins that have been right. I'm getting confirmation from, from our resident Hebrew speaker. Yeah? To tan. To tan. To tan leather is to la'avod, to work it. Evet Hashem is someone whose skin, whose life has been tanned. This entire structure is one big tanning booth. This entire structure, from that door, to that door, to that door, to that door, the entire room is one big tanning salon. And it works on what I call original skin, because in the Torah, we don't have original sin. No, it's true. Listen. Listen. Original skin in the Torah is... Original skin is... Or... With an iron. But there was a great rabbi named Rabbi Meir who said that in his Torah, he didn't write it with an iron, meaning skin, but meaning or with an olive, which is light. The transformation of skin that is a divider to skin which is transparent is tanning. La'avod et ha'or. La'abed et ha'or. La'abed et ha'or, to be someone who is, that is being softened by spiritual practice. To be someone whose skin is becoming transparent through spiritual songs that soften divisions, that help us to identify with others. That's what it is to be evet Hashem, is to be a tanner for God. This past Monday, before I went to hear Bruce, I was invited to a different kind of gathering. It was a gathering up on 125th Street to speak out in the name of Sam Harrell, whom many of you probably don't even know who he is or he was. Sam was 30 years old when he was murdered by 20 correctional officers in the Fishkill prison. He was someone who had a history of mental illness. He needed to be on his medications. And because he was in solitary confinement, i.e. 
torture. He hadn't had his meds. And when he left, he thought in a confused state that he was in that he was actually being released and his parents were, coming, his parents were going to come and take him home. So he packed up his bags and as he was leaving his jail cell, he was attacked by uh, a correctional officer who then became 5, 10, 15, 20 correctional officers beating up on this man. The autopsy showed that it was a homicide. All of the sworn affidavits in who, of those inmates who had witnessed what took place said that it was absolutely unprovoked. Someone who had no history of violent crime whatsoever, known as a gregarious, congenial man. And as I walked into the space in front of, uh, on 125th Street in front of the, 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 uh, the government building, a small group of people were there singing songs. And over to my left, there was a Prince concert happening to honor Prince. God bless him. A human life was taken. Those officers are still working. No charges have been brought. Governor Cuomo hasn't done a thing. I want to be an Ebed Hashem. I want to be somebody who is soaking in a spiritual community and a spiritual institution that is working to soften the differences between skins, my skin and other skin. I want to be a Moshe who having suffered his own life, a life without voice, could one day because of his tanning, because of the practices of his life that brought him back into contact with what, what was painful, with what was difficult, and told him to be a leader. I want to be an Evid Hashem. Moses, who couldn't speak, winds up being able to sing a song, and so he is described right before he sings a song as a tanner for God. Someone who went back into the difficult places, into the places that needed to be softened so that his voice could sing, so that he could know the difference between slavery and freedom, so that he could lead those who needed to know what it was to commit day in and day out to practices that connect us, that deepen us, that work on us. That's what it is to be in Ever Hashem. So some of you might say, I don't want to be a servant of God, but how about now? Would you want to be a tanner for the divine? Would you want to be someone whose daily, weekly, monthly, yearly practice softened you and said, I'm here even in difficult times when things are not easy? Even when I want to quit, I still want to be deployed for God? That's what it is to be of De Hashem. So we in the Jewish community, in this Jewish community and in the broader Jewish community, we need to ask ourselves, do we feel deployed? And are we deployed for what? What is greater than us that calls us? What is it that gets me out of bed in the morning? So let me say this last thing. Friday night is a wonderful service at Romumu and year in and year out, I'm amazed by the number of guests who show up, by the number of people who come to pray with us, to raise the energy, to be part of this incredibly rich tanning salon. And year in and year out, I ask people who come Friday night to commit to come back Shabbat morning. And more often than not, I say it on Shabbat morning 
when it's actually useless. <laughs> so let me say tonight. We are in the beginning of Romamu's membership drive. Not everybody who comes to Romamu becomes a member. Membership involves practice. Membership involves showing up day in and day out, especially when it's hard. Membership at Romamu or any spiritual community that's worth its salt is not just cutting a check. It isn't just checking off a box. It isn't just a credit card given, although those things are amazing. Absolutely. But it means showing up. La'abed et ha'or. To soften the skin. To soften the heart. To show up and to sing those songs. That's Moshe's example. So I invite each and every one of you here, if you're a regular Friday night goer and you love it here on Friday nights, come back tomorrow morning and sing with us. We could really use your voices. That's what it is to be Ovdeh Hashem, a community of Ovdeh Hashem.